Welcome to this week's episode of the Nerd Chatter Podcast, where two nerds sit down and chit-chat about nerd things that we find throughout the week. As always, I'm joined by my good buddy Garrett. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. How are you? Not too bad, not too bad. A little, a little tired, burning the midnight oil last night in the stream. But, uh, you know, we got some, uh, some things to talk about, mainly... Uh, I guess some roundup stuff to talk about towards the end. It's nothing, nothing too dramatic this week, you know. Um, but you know, a couple things to chit chat about. But as always, I like to go over some free games or heavily discounted games that are run across throughout the week. Uh, and as always, Epic with their free uh, game every week. You got Cook Serve Delicious Three. Uh, that one is free on the Epic Game Store until August eighteenth. Uh, also, something I didn't mention last week, we got a uh, PS Plus for the month of August. You got Tony Hawk Pro Skater One and Two. Uh, cross-gen deluxe deluxe bundle that's ps5 and ps4 uh, you have yakuza like a dragon ps5 and ps4 and then little nightmares which is a really good game that's one that one's for ps4 uh, and then also something that i've kind of ignored in the past but if you do have amazon prime you do have access to quite a few free games um, for the month of august starcraft remastered uh, Zach McCracken and the alien mindbenders beasts of maravilla island a recompile, Scourgebringer, Family Mysteries, Poisonous Promises. I have played none of those games. <laughs> <laughs> Except for Tony Hawk Pro Skater, which I actually played last night on stream and embarrassed myself because I'm just way too old to, to try to pull those memories back. That's like 20, 25 years or something like that. Or however old that game is. It's been a while. But I did try Cook Serve Delicious 3 last night as well, which is kind of fun. Uh, it's more of like a click base, feels like a mobile um, cooking sim, you know, you're in a food truck and that type of thing, but, uh, we got some time out of it, so it wasn't all that bad, um, but, uh, you know, moving on into the segments, I think we're gonna go ahead and let you start this week, what do you got? Yeah, so, the Star Wars, or the Lego Star Wars, uh, Summer uh, Vacation came out, and, um, have you had a chance to watch it yet? Oh, it came out, and I didn't even know it came out, to be honest. I mean... I know we talked about it. I just didn't we know the exact date. Yeah, uh, that's okay. Anyways, so it came out and I watched it this week, and it had some very pointed hints of what's going on with uh, Ray, Poe, Rose, and Finn after the the sequel trilogy ends. First of all, they've pretty much confirmed that Finn is a Jedi in this. Um, he sees the Force ghosts of Anakin, Obi Wan, Leia, and Kylo Ren. Uh, or so Ben Solo, um, and it, it it's very much like a Christmas Carol in the summer. Like it has that thought or that plot. Like you have the three different people coming to to serve a lesson to mm -hmm. Finn, and um, I mean it's a fun little you know I think it's a forty nine or forty eight minute movie, um, just fun. Is it kind of like the smart assy style that Lego movies are in, or is it more yeah. like a? Oh, it totally is. It is. Um, it's playful for sure. Hmm. Anyways, the one of the the things that I, I felt really weird about on this uh, show, so they have that um, new hotel experience um, for the. It's like the Star Wars Galaxy Cruiser or the you, Galactic you know Cruiser. Talking? Yeah, I forget yeah, what the, the, the ship's Cruiser. name is, but uh, a house is a thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's it. Yeah. So a a lot of the the plot takes place. Uh, on the Hal or the Halcyon cruiser, and it's I felt very much like an advertisement for it. Like here's some of the things you can do with the Halcyon, and it kind of sounds like a selfless plug. Yeah, but it is like you're really gonna you know get 
that amped up for kids that are going to be watching this and and yeah. I, it, that felt a little slimy. Didn't they also like add Batu or whatever it is into something? Um, Batu is it Batu? That's the yeah. That's Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. Didn't they add that to something? Um, um that was in um, the Lego, one of the other Lego movies. Was it? Yeah. Hmm. But I mean, the Batu has been in a lot of books. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. They're, Prior they're, to like Disney's building of the little theme park, or yes, actually, oh really, yeah, um, and it was probably planned that way. I, I, w- I would at least it wouldn't surprise me if it was planned that way. That you know they're we're gonna build a theme park and we're gonna it's gonna be at this place called Batu. Include it in your book here. Yeah, we need know, some whatever. some like neutral ground type of of location, like some trading post that's not. Yeah, something they can, they don't want to recreate Tatooine because it wouldn't look. It would be kind of boring if you look at Tatooine. It's kind of like a boring. Well, it's kind of planned. Yeah, so you want something that's a little more extravagant. Yep. Anyway, so um, at the very end of the movie, like or Finn's whole struggle is they're all getting ready to say goodbye because they're gonna go do their own thing now. So like the this whole vacation was to get them to to do like one last hurrah type thing and. Um, Finn just struggled through that, and so he had the Force Ghosts to help him through that. Um, and this anyway. is like this is like Ray Yellow Lightsaber time, yeah, yeah, yeah. like post movie. Okay. Yep, post movie. Um, like Finn is declared a Jedi in this. He, I don't, I don't remember him like with a lightsaber, but doesn't matter. <laughs> saw, <laughs> anybody can be a Jedi these days. Yeah. Well, in yeah, like the he, kid with the broom who had the Force. Yeah, I mean, but just, like you know, whatever. He, he saw a force ghost and like was using the force in the show. So, anyways, the um, so Ray is going to be headed to the unknown regions to search for our Jedi temples. There, um, Poe is going to be training new X-wing pilots. Mm-hmm. Rose is leading relief missions by systems affected most by the First Order. Mm-hmm. Then Finn. Is going to go searching for Force-sensitive people in general. That'd be cool. Yeah. So, I mean, I think this definitely hints at a couple different things that are going to be happening with future Star Wars content. I and mean, this is... He's pretty against any Disney Plus type of stuff, so we can't really expect him to, to have, like, his own little series like Obi-Wan, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that, that's... I, I've heard that before from other people that are now showing up in Disney Plus. <laughs> Disney There's always a price. Waving the checkbook at you. Yep. <laughs> like, <"Ew." laughs> Anyways, um so we have the the Rogue Squadron movie uh coming out nebulously. They're still working on details for that. But it would not surprise me if it it's Poe getting his squadron put together mm. and going on new adventures with whatever the you know, challenges post first. They're making order. a Rogue Squadron show, right? Movie. Oh, is it a movie? But that's yeah. gonna be what is it like original like OT time frame? Um, I it, they did not say original trilogy. There's been hinting at that it would be um, post sequel trilogy. Oh. So if if that's the case, it's it's Poe. Yeah, Poe's Rogue Squadron. I mean, yeah. I'd be down to be honest. 
Oh, the flight, the flying he was doing in the film was a little bit like, okay, bro, chill out. Like, there's just no way. Like, <laughs> like literally every angle he hit, he he shot something, you know. And it's like, all right, you can, you can chill out. You know, he doesn't need to take out every single thing that gets in his crosshairs, you know. Yeah. But uh, he did have a kind of a of a Mary Sue thing going on when he was behind those flight sticks. Um, oh, except he. <clears throat> I mean, in canon, both of his parents were pilots. Yeah. He got training as a pilot at a very young age. It was just and, the the scene where they're on the planet surface and they're like doing the dogfight directly above them and they're doing the ground fight below them and oh, stuff. Yeah. Like, it was just a little bit too unbelievable, like what he was doing. It's like, it looked good, but, you know, I think they could have toned it down like 20% and it still would have been like sick. You know what I mean? Because, like, he took yeah. out like. Like seven TIE fighters in like, what is it? <laughs> like nine seconds or some shit. It's like, damn, bro, chill out. Like, it's not, you know, like you just release this guy on the whole fleet and he'll take out everything, you know? So I think they could have toned it down, but they did convey that he's, he's like really good. So I yeah. mean, I'd be down. That'd be dope. Yeah. I think that'd be a really good movie. Um, I think, I mean, with Rose, I, I mean, I'd really don't want to see her in any content unless it was, um, I, I feel like she'd be a really good politician later on. I mean, we see Padme and Leia both doing like relief missions Humanitarian and everything like that, and, yeah. and then then become politicians. Yeah. Um. So that would be like a natural thought process there. If she'd be a politician, then we can just see her every once in a while from the distance. That'd be cool. <laughs> I went back and watched that bombing run scene from uh, what was it? Was it the Last Jedi? The bombing um, run where they're just slowly creeping towards like the destroyer or something, and they're they're frantically trying to drop bombs on this on this thing. Yeah, um, and that's her sister. I don't understand right? anything about that scene. To be honest, there's no gravity. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Why do you need bombers in space? Couldn't they have shot it from super far away, like they do everything else? Couldn't well, they go I mean, faster? Like, I those don't... are all <laughs> valid thoughts. <laughs> Um, but it wasn't cool. Like, yeah, yeah, it has to be cool. But, I mean, there have always been and are, always will be bombers in Star Wars. That's just kind of how that is. There's, yeah, you know, but, you know. wings and everything like that. You, can, you have the ability to operate these, these vehicles in other media. They don't need to go two miles an hour and, like, directly head on. And, you know, it's like you could do bombing runs. They come in, boom, 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 and they're gone, you know. So, like, those specific bombers are more, like, strategic bombers, like in World War II. Like, that's the what they were envisioning um, yeah. for that. I mean, the, this was a Ryan Johnson thing. Yeah. I just don't think it logically lines up with no, the doesn't. fact that they're flying around in space with force, like force shields and, you know, all this, all this yeah. other crazy artillery. And then they need to drop these bombs and then they yep. fail miserably and like barely get it off at the end. And it's just, it felt hollow. Uh, something that was just scribbled down to to add some type of weight to that character. You know what I mean? Because I know in the comic books, there's a lot about the sister and her. Yeah. Um, whether or not that was fabricated pre or, or post. That was I'm post. Sure. So, I mean, whatever. Uh, I see people um, standing over, like, the, the that sister combo and, and from the comics and stuff. And it's like, yeah. But in the movie, it was like, I don't know who these characters are. Um, you know, I, I don't feel any weight in her, in her loss, you know, like I just, I see it as an effect to lead her to act a certain way. I don't, 
you know, it's like I'm the one watching the movie, though. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, I'm supposed to feel something. <laughs> I don't know who this is, and I don't know why they're flying so shitty, and like, I don't know why they're doing these bombing runs in space that are super slow. And well, and the, I mean, again, there was a strategic bomber where the, those bombs that they were dropping were magnetic. Hmm. Um, so they did like a a negative magnetic charge to release them after they were armed and everything, and they, they had to create gravity. Fly. They had to create some form of, of well, gravity. It, exactly. Because well, there's no gravity in space. Well, and, it's just, you know. it's not necessarily creating gravity. It's creating um, the force needed to get them out of the vehicle and send them in the trajectory that they want. But, I mean, that ship was massive that they were trying to bomb. What are the um, bombers, what are the TIE bombers dropping? Don't they bo- drop like ion bombs? Yeah, and they're mini. They're small bombs. And Y-wings drop small bombs, too. Um, so... so like these are like big, <laughs> heavy-duty things, and there's a lot of them. So I mean, I don't think a Y-wing run on these would have done crap, because Y-wings are a lot more maneuverable. They're fast, um, They're not as fast as X-wings. Yeah, Y-wings are freaking sick. <laughs> like um, I like the design. They look so like shitty and just like yeah. cobbled together, but the the shape of it is sick. You know, there's a Bandai uh, model kit that you should look at. It's a Y-wing, and then you can. Like put a oh like a, a black or brown wash on it, mm. and it looks freaking sick. There's Highly a recommend it. there's a forty dollar um, Millennium Falcon toy that I saw, um, impressive amount of detail, and I kind of want to like strip it and paint it. I want to buy it. Yeah, um, but it has a couple buttons on the back, makes sounds. It's motion activated. You could tilt it; it makes different sounds. Oh, it's that one, yes. Uh, and it has the glow up light in the back that's super bright. It's like it does everything, you know. And actually, the paint job on it's pretty impressive until you start looking really close. You know, I'd like to go in there and get some, you know, steel on some pipes and 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 junction boxes and get some wires and stuff, red and yellow and all. You know, like just try to, you know, fix it up a little bit. It'd be super fun. But um, yeah. You know, that's that's a frivolous waste of money, um, but yep. I still want it because <laughs> I'm a child. It's okay. Um, yeah. It's not like I just built or am working on another RC car. Don't you know? Whatever. I mean, that's fun, though. You know, you get hours of, of enjoyment out of that. But yeah, you know, what um, am I going to do? Just fly this thing around my house? Let your son play with it. <laughs> he would eat it. Literally everything just gets eaten. Okay, so what do you think about Rey heading to the unknown regions to search for Jedi temples? I I feel like that's like a repeat of what Luke did post Return of the Jedi. I mean, I don't know. I mean, if it's going to prop her up as being some type of like, uh, yeah, I just but, don't want her to be like just some some council member sitting in a chair and like just talking down to to people in like future films and stuff like that. I don't want her yeah. to be set up like that. I'd rather see her go out and hunt for these things and deal with crazy shit like monsters and and maybe some leftover sith and you know that type of thing but uh if it is like you know we jump there's a formed council now and there's a you know some younglings and there are jedis training and she's just kind of like doing her more like oversight deal like i don't want to i don't want to waste the character i want to see her like do shit with that lightsaber because literally you didn't get anything you know, you didn't get her as a full-blown Jedi until literally the last last seconds of the film when she picks up yep. the lightsaber. So I want to see her swing that thing around, you know? Yep. Well, and I feel like um, at, at this point in time, 
we either need another trilogy to explain what's going on with these characters. And I, I, if there's a new trilogy, that means there has to be something big and crazy going on. And I necessarily don't want that. I'd rather have something like just a comic books or books or, you know, Disney plus shows of these characters where it, it fleshed out their story after the fact, then have a trilogy hundred years in the future where they're all dead and then there's something big going on like uh, pre-Disney days there is a Yuzong Vong like super scary people that and um, creatures that they all had to deal with mm. I'd be up for that yeah I mean you know me I just want them to go thousand year in the past you know yeah I'm <clears throat> all for a thousand years or two thousand years in the past or a couple hundred years in in the future i mean we're literally at. talking about the last hair of this timeline is all of these films yeah. and all this most of this media has been focusing on like the last one percent of the not even it's like less you know it's such a minute fragment of the tail end of the story it's like you're literally dealing with people that are cobbling together this this original premise um, when you have a, a, a plethora of material to dive into to, to actually explain all of this this pre tumultuous Jedi, you know the more more archaic uh, type of Sith activity, you know, like you're less political and more aggressive. I mean, I, they've always been political, but you know, I, I the Game of Thrones aspect, like I said, could be tossed at the old Republic so easily, and it would stick. Oh. And Ugh. everyone would gobble that. Yeah. You know, everybody is clamoring for just like seeing an action shot of a thousand Jedi and a, a thousand Sith just running at each other with their lightsabers out and everything. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants that. Yeah, everybody you want to see that, that 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 Return of the King style fight, you know, yeah. where yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. get Sith and Jedi getting chopped to pieces <laughs> in a huge battle. So, you know, like you want to see some grittiness. Um, yeah. You know, we, it's not, we haven't seen people get chopped in half before in, in, in Star Wars, so... Um, yeah, I mean, that's what I think we all, we all want, but you can't get that from literally just this storyline of, of the tail end of this family. And by this point, we're talking about not even blood relation to this family anymore. They're trying so hard to grasp on to anything that'll let them extend that original storyline and just I'm over it. You know, it's like game of Thrones. They could, they could introduce characters left and right. And whether or not you were familiar with these characters or not, whenever, you know, they entered the storyline, you, you got, you know, you delved into that character, you know, you got really involved with that character. Um, you know, just the fact that the mountain was so popular in, in, in game of Thrones, it's like, he didn't have very much, you know, film time. It was, it was very minimal, but a smaller character you could do that with so many characters from the older public you know um oh, of course like endless <laughs> it's it's there's so many that they could do and you know um but and that's what i'm kind of going for is if we get content for these people i want i don't want it in a trilogy i don't yeah. want another trilogy with these people i want it a hundred years in the future where hardly anybody knows who skywalker is or if it's just myth at yeah. that point yeah. legend i mean kind of like how the jedi was in the beginning of the original trilogy you know yeah um that's I, not I even be... really the case that was just 
it's not it wasn't known across the entire galaxy between mm-hmm. every single person it was like you know a pocket group of people knew this was legit and the rest were just kind of like outsiders you know so yeah and i'd be all for a story where we don't see any skywalkers we don't hear of any skywalkers except like one brief little mention like oh hey hey look at that but that's it yeah like well, we can only hope yes <laughs> i don't but know how that's gonna work out but you know. my my real hope is that they start going back in time to old republic time frame because that's where i feel like if they really want to capitalize on what people want that's where it is yeah because it's just they can t- they can woo people with the visuals you know yep. like the very shiny and polished pre-empire world that you know even the the original trilogy kind of operated in you know there's every every planet's its own deal but you still had that that polished vibe from those movies you know so you know yeah. whatever it is what it is it is uh, anyways, that's pretty much it that's going on with this show. I definitely would recommend it. It's a short thing, so I mean, it doesn't require a lot of time. Yeah. If it was a two-hour deal, I would probably say if you have two hours just to kill, go for it. But it because it's so short, yeah. it's fun just a fun short. little deal. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll go ahead and move on. And this is a very sad story for me personally. It hits. It hits home. Something Are you going to be okay? Been, I mean, I don't even know, to be honest, but something that I've been hyped up for for years by this point with 2000 and like early 2018, uh, but Hogwarts Legacy has been delayed yet again. I mean, wrote a little blurb here, but it's, it's you know, it's pretty straightforward. <laughs> My thing, okay, so I'll, I'll get into it afterwards, but let me just read this. It's per a tweet on the official Hogwarts Legacy Twitter page, the game has yet again been delayed until 2023. This time with a more direct date of February 10th, 2023. Uh, the internet was not happy as this is the second or third time the game has been delayed. I think second or third. Actually, I think it might be third. Uh, coming months after the company has reassured fans of a 2022 release. Uh, with COVID and other hiccups, the fan base expected a delay to be announced back then. Uh, but the company reassured fans the previous release window was still active. Uh, now, months before the game's release, the fans are met with the casual announcement of another three or four month wait for the long-awaited title. Uh, I think this warrants a discussion about these companies and their flagrancy with the release dates in the year of 2022. Our Lord, 2022, we cannot have a game be announced without <laughs> them delaying it. Like, okay, so... Ugh. Okay, this, well, let's, discuss. let's talk about this. <laughs> discuss. I'm so, too angry. I'm too angry to start. You go. I would much rather have a delayed game that is extremely polished with minimal hiccups once on release than something that's going to be clunky or have massive glitches or server problems. I mean, we, like we, we got what, Battlefield 2042. Um, when it came out, right? And it, it was unplayable, like for online play. And I mean, largely it's been unplayable for the last year now. Yeah. yeah. And like, and that's put a really bad taste in my mouth. And I do not want them to do that with Hogwarts Legacy because that would ruin 
Yeah. So much. I mean, whether or not it has a multiplayer, I'm not sure. Um, well, it, it that's doesn't a big matter issue if it has with, a multiplayer or not. It, it's. I mean, that's the, the main issue that, with things like Battlefield 2042 is the netcode is trash. So well, it's yeah. like, you know, but, it's like when it comes to a single player game, day one, day one patches exists, you know, and like those tidy up quite a bit. If it can't, then the game was jacked, right? And then you got your, your cyberpunk... Well, uh, that, CD exactly. Project Red BS, where they're just overhyping something they don't—they're not even close to having finished, you know. Well, and I think that's where these people—they're—I I, don't—I don't know what, I, or I can't remember what developers putting this out, but I think they want to avoid that, where there's so many glitches, so many issues upon release, where it would just be so much negative PR for them. Like I said, I'd rather have a polished game on release. Especially if it's a single-player game, like because I would want to just sit down and start playing it and play it until I'm done. Yeah, I mean it's still going to be a day one patch, though. There's always the oh, case. there's always going to be a day yeah, one patch, but... but I'd rather have those and have it be ready to play even with a day one patch than. That's always the argument, you know, like, oh, yeah, I'll give them all the time. If you don't want a broken game, stop bitching, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's all the responses yeah. are in these comments. I get it. However, well, I'm not, like, you know, I'm not the one that's fault <laughs> when it comes to these companies announcing these days. It's like, you can't, I don't, I got to look into, I know you can't do a pre-order on Steam for it, but if they're taking pre-orders and then they just go and, and delay over and over and over again, I have a genuine issue with that. There is something wrong with this video game industry if they can't properly determine when they're going to release a game, if they're expected to manage crunch, uh, expectations, you know, in terms of, of public reception, um, you know, the faith in the company and, and, and look what happened to CD Projekt Red, you know, absolutely like destroyed their reputation. Um, you know, it's like, just shut up. Like, I don't need to hear the date then, you know what I mean? Like, just stop telling me dates. Like but have in, everything done, you know, a exactly. month of advertising before and you use that month to do your day one patch. Like stop telling me whenever you design a map, you know, whenever you put a bush in, in your in your level, you know, stop telling me about it. Stop telling me that it's going to come out in 2028 or 2018. And then it was 2022, then 2023 now. <laughs> so it's like, just stop. We're doing this for years now. And it's like. I'm thinking we're 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 knocking on on some type of door in the realm of like you know false advertising by this point because people are investing money into a number of these projects where it's like oh yeah like oh make make sure you get it on Epic you know uh, pre-order now pre-order and get this and then get this you know pre-order and get this or no pre-order on Steam and get this you know and well, then they it, go and say ah well we're gonna go and wait another four months and be like no <laughs> like you don't have you shouldn't be so flagrant in doing this like this should be literally a last ditch effort and these video game companies need to like backpedal because you can't have a single title anymore there's no reliability on release dates until you start seeing people get like advanced copies right or there's betas that are pumping out for people to play with other than that like it's literally just these companies like just bait and switching people and i think just the fact that that pre-orders for certain games are taken can so flagrantly uh, delay these titles without really giving a shit you know it's like i don't think that's right so i i definitely agree with that sentiment however this or hogwarts legacy has not been available for pre-order um other games that have been available for pre-order and that have been delayed that is sketch for sure yeah which um, is common common like that's the more common oh, yeah. aspect of it yeah and i think with 
um, <laughs> developers in general, they, especially since COVID, they've had a really hard time nailing down when everything's going to be done to a, a point of release because things are just different now. And, I mean, I, I get that. I understand that. And that's why you, it you is should not, announce it. It is well, not I, an issue that they <laughs> they don't yeah. have control over. Like, it is not. Yeah. Like, just like they just need to shut up. Like, just well, stop doing I, that. Uh, my next point is going to be that instead of, you know, when you announce a game, putting a date on it, unless you are absolutely certain that that date is set in stone, don't say anything about a date. You just say, hey... We're come or we're we're making this game. We want you to be excited about it. We're going to release some information for you over the next however much time until we release it. Until then, enjoy this trailer or enjoy a beta yeah. or whatever. I that's the a proper approach. Then two months out, one month out, or whatever that yeah, proper I mean, time frame is. Yeah. Be like, hey, we're releasing the game in a month from now, two months from now. Here's all the advertising now. And like it's by this point, it's like you can guarantee the date's going to be wrong when they do state a date. So they should just exactly. not. They should know that before stating a date and just refrain from doing it. Um, but yeah, I definitely I have an issue uh, with just like like the flagrant nature of, of video game companies these days when they can go about doing that. And um, when it does come down to it, you know, this the the act of of giving specific dates or even years, especially if you plan for a game to release at the end of 2022, for example. Uh, seeing it jump to 2023, it doesn't really matter if it's three months or four months. Uh, it feels like a year, you know what I mean? Because literally to your eye, you look at that and it's a year difference. Um, but, you know, like I know that they didn't take pre-orders and, and all that stuff. Um, I'm just saying that in typical fashion, you do have these companies that are more more than willing to to take the money, but also not live up to any type of responsibility or or anything like that. Um, and then you got, you know, time management. This is a management issue. This is not the dev issue. You know, they're not, they're not properly, uh, understanding the workload that in the time frame that they need to balance to, to get the thing done, you know? So, uh, this isn't something where you're, it's like, oh, it's taking too long to, to design these, these steps, you know, or these cobblestones is taking too long. They have extended a month, you know? Um, no, it's, it's literally, you know, you got a planning board and, uh, you know, I used to work in, in, in particular industry where we had progress boards on the wall and it was like a 15 foot gigantic piece of paper with super tiny lines on it that had each individual task for each day. And you'd hang a string with a small weight and you would move it via a little push pin every single day along this timeline. Um, you know, and you're, you're, you're hustling every little time, every time you move that line, you're, you're, you're properly balancing every single thing that needs to be managed before you can move that line again, you know, and it's, it's daunting. Um, but I'm not getting that vibe from, from the people in charge of conveying the proper level of hype for these games and stuff. I'm not saying that like Hogwarts is like being blown out. Like it's a cyberpunk. Uh, I'm more so just irked because, you know, they had the opportunity earlier in the year. Uh, I forget what it was when they like released a trailer or they made some announcements. They were asked, you know, does it, is it going to be a 22, 2022 release? And they reassured fans that it was, you know, so it's like, I don't, yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay. Like, yeah, you're just, you're just dicking around with all these times. Just stop, stop doing it. So, 
Yeah. Uh, that's my I mean, thing. With, like, I'm going to play it. But at the same time, like, now I'm bummed because I wanted to play it when, you know, on Christmas, you know, or not on Christmas, but around Christmas to get, like, that snow vibe, you know, and, like, cozy shit and, like, nice and toasty in the house. And, yep. You know, but now it's, like, February. It's like, okay, so... <laughs> Valentine's yeah. Day, I guess, is what I'm, around that time, you know, spring. Like, I guess that's cool. Like, so can we let's talk about a game that I feel like has done the approach right, and that's going to be the Elder Scrolls Six game. There's no official title for it. There's n- like <laughs> literally nothing for it except a backdrop teaser of the map, or I not mean, even it's not of the map, but they did that to to clean up the the seventy six mess. You know what I mean? Like they well, they didn't do anything in terms of development. It's literally just like an idea. You well, know it, I mean? it's no different than me making that that graphic for our Halloween episode when we first started doing these recordings. It was just like you know, like oh look what we got in the future. It's yeah. not really doing anything. They're just they're tickling the balls. Um, but I mean, they they have it on their their release slate. They don't have a date attached. They don't have anything attached, but. They've given out little bits of information, starting with that E3 in 2018. Mm-hmm. I mean, my, my what... opinion is that they should re- they should resort to something that like smaller developers do when they're trying to be extra engaging with their with their community is uh, progress update bar. You know, like on their official website. You know where they they lay it out kind of like when you order a pizza from, from Domino's, you know what I mean? Like it tells you yep. where they're at in the progress. And I've seen this multiple times for servers, for, for small indie games, uh, for things like that. They show you it's like, okay, so, pre, you know, pre-production is done. Uh, you know, uh, level design is at 95%. Uh, character design is complete. Uh, you know, weapon, weapon mechanics is at 84% or 85% completion, you know, and it's like, they're giving updates and then you can kind of see where the progress is going and have an understanding of where it is. You don't need to have a date, you know, you're more anticipating when that bar is going to fill up. I just think that there's different ways that they can convey it rather than just kind of pulling people along, uh, and, and just throwing out these dates, which is also very stressful for the dev team, right? Uh, the, the expectations that is put on to the company itself, uh, and how it can backfire the way that they're doing it is like, you know, CD Projekt Red is a perfect example. I forgot, like, their profits are down, like, 60% or something like that. <laughs> like, some dramatic, dramatic drop in their in their respectability as a company and their their reliability as devs, you know. And that's horrible because it's, it's CD Projekt Red and they were revered before this. Um so I don't know. I'm just I'm more irked at the fact that they did this to my game, and and I'm angry. Um, yeah, I mean, was, this is the only game I I've told you. It's the only game I've anticipated for years. You know, before yeah. Cyberpunk came out and 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 just ruined that year for me. <laughs> uh, you know, the only other game I've been hyped for is Hogwarts Legacy. Um, having played pretty much any other alternative I could, whether it be GMod or Minecraft or what have you. You know. Uh, I've tried everything, and and this game looks super dope. But I get it. If I want it to be good, you know, give them the time, let them do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all I'm saying is I wouldn't be pissed if I had an expectation that it was supposed to come out in November. So you gotta say, I mean, I looked at the original yeah. trailer and was just like, eh, frame rate is pretty bad. Some of the environment design is pretty bad. You can get around that. I mean, how rust will look pretty if the light hits it right. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like. 
you can't you know a grain of salt these glamour shots don't really define anything you know so it's it's it was good to see the depth of mechanics and stuff so i get it um you know if they announced that there was there's some type of multiplayer experience with it uh, they can have as much time as they want you know what i mean because that would be super super sick dude yeah, uh, like the ability for you and I to to run around the school taking classes to buff up attributes, and then leave campus to go do some some Hogwarts style adventures. You know, um, would be super sick. But even if it's linear, I'm all right. Just stop dicking me around. Watch, it's gonna get to like you know January fifteenth, and they're gonna be like, unfortunately, due to you know, and it's like, oh. I, I'd be sad for both of us though, if yeah, that happened. I'm just, I'm not having it. They need to stop with all that. So, but yeah, I just wanted to vent a little bit my frustrations on that, and uh, you know, that's pretty much everything we have in terms of the two big topics. Um, but you know, anything else you want to talk about about that Hogwarts thing? Anything that you heard or saw? No, I, I didn't hear that it was delayed again. So that, mm. it's a surprise. Yeah, very. I like, yeah, I was, I was distraught. I was like stumbling around my, my living room and just like, I got hit in the head and just like at that tunnel vision and the room started closing in on me and shit, uh, but I'm all right now. Um, so yeah, we're going to go ahead and go over some Twitter, uh, news, some roundup information. Um, uh, you know, if you want to head on over to our Twitter channel or Twitter page, uh, at nerd chatter show, I like to retweet and post interesting articles some uh, some juicy tidbits that pop up throughout the week i uh, gathered a few of them here we'll go ahead and work our way down the list uh, rosario dawson casually mentions return of the punisher and then retracts the statement the next day by saying she heard it from someone at the convention and that you know it was an unreliable source um whoops <laughs> very confident when stating this it was very casual and um you know it was <laughs> it's like uh you know you got you got daredevil coming back right you got some of these other characters that are starting to get shoehorned into the mcu um you know what do you think the odds of punisher revisiting and, and becoming part of the mcu i'm not sure if you saw punisher um i think i saw an episode or two yeah um i mean he'd be great for the thunderbolts i mean you could have him as war machine yeah, and they can come in ar uh, armor wars or whatever it is. You know, there is a point in time in the comic books where where Frank Castle dons the the war machine suit, and on the face has the skull like you know scratched that, on that it. That would be or pretty has, like, cool. White and on his chest, it has like teeth or something. I forget what it is, but it looks super cool. I mean, it's 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 um you know your typical war machine just with that that done up paint, and I think it's a little more black. Uh, super sick. He's a very violent, you know, uh, Iron Man type character. Uh, but to see him in that would be sick, you know. Uh, and he's a good actor, so uh, having him involved still would be nice. Uh, they do have some some decent talent in those shows that they're neglecting a little bit. But, uh, you know, do you think she, she did goof? Or do you think it was something that she heard and she kind of just, like, telephoned I'm... it? W was she part of the show? Uh, yes. Okay. I believe so, actually, yes. I believe um, so, yes. I mean, I don't know. I mean, she's definitely un in, like, in the in crowd at Disney right now, so she might have information. Yeah. Or if she's going to be a part of whatever that might be. I mean, mm -hmm. 
I don't know. It's hard to say. I want to see it. I think Punisher and Deadpool in the same universe would be hilarious. Um, you know, I, I like that. Just kind of over nagging. You know, one character is, is over serious and the other character just is goofy and likes to nag. Um, I think that'd be a, a nice little juxtaposition between the two characters. And yeah, uh, you know, you got two radar properties, and if they released a radar movie with those two, that'd be pretty funny. Um, yep. You know, bringing cable again. And uh, you're good to go. With that thought, how would they bring Cable back when he's Thanos? <laughs> I mean, they already did that. You know what I mean? And well, I mean, Thanos was, was done two so Marvels. Thanos was done so well that you know I didn't see him at all. You know, once in a while I might get some of his facial expressions coming through, but but the CGI and the character development, and the acting of that character was done so well that I do, I can easily separate the two. I wouldn't even that, have to worry that's about. That's fair. It. Yeah, it's Thanos was done really well, and that's not how he acts typically. You know, he had a very hubris type of acting style, and even the differences between Infinity War and Endgame, you know, between you know Thanos and young Thanos, uh, there was a pretty dramatic Much difference. Much difference, yep. You know, so he's um, a great actor. Yeah, I mean, Cable is very different, and and how he played it is fairly accurate. I think he could be a little bulkier, but. Uh, the other characters that they were looking at or the other actors they were looking at for that character were even smaller, but uh, you know, pretty sick. Um, I think you had Bishop in days of future past, if I'm not mistaken, I forget. It's been ages since I watched those, but uh, you know, you got those two characters, Cable and, 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 and Bishop would be dope to see uh, in the same, you know, universe. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, moving on. Rosario Dawson says at least one episode of Ahsoka has been cut together, and Dave Filoni says it was a religious experience. What do you think? Well, I just want to say how impressive it is that they have a full episode that's cut together. Obviously, the CG is not going to be all the way done with anything. However, that's really impressive because, I mean, they they only started filming, what, three or four months ago? Mm-hmm. And, like, they're wrapping up filming now. I mean, that's, again, pretty impressive. Um, I mean, you got the in, Disney machine, you know. The, the editing is oh, probably its course. own warehouse. Of, <laughs> it's just they're pumping it out, you know. And I mean, that might also say uh, quite a bit about the budget. The, um, you know, a lot of people talking about the cheapness of Obi-Wan. Yep. Especially but, compared to, like, Mando and these other you know disney plus it's like they i didn't feel it as much um i could see how people were were saying that it did feel kind of like really cheap production um but that really wasn't the point of the show you know what i mean so i didn't really yeah. i didn't bug me um with ahsoka you know you're gonna want some cgi you're gonna want some high-flying acrobatics you want some nice fight scenes choreography you know, a lot of late, uh, lightsaber layover, um, you know, you want some, some CGI fights, that type yep. of thing. It's, it's going to be a little more active than just some geezer, you know, working his way through deserts. Yeah. Um, well, and I think I, I just want to say this, oh, and I feel like it's a no brainer that this would be a religious experience for Dave Filoni because this has been his baby. Mm -hmm. Ahsoka has been his baby since Clone Wars and, yeah. um, He's the one that brought her into Mandalorian. He's the one that's like got her into Rebels and mm. have just been pioneering this character and yeah, made it her turned into her this... into a real character. Like a... well, exactly, and like 
um, a comparable character. You know what I mean? Like a top tier character as some, as somebody that a normal person would actually recognize and know. Exactly. Uh, well, I mean, if you would have asked me five years ago, six years ago, who Ahsoka Tano was, I'd be like, oh, she's that annoying chick from Clone Wars. <laughs> yeah. And like Rebels helped me change that perspective. Mm-hmm. Then I went back and watched Clone Wars and I was like, oh, there's a lot more here. Because yeah. I was just, I was, at first, like, that, you know, watching Clone Wars originally, it was just like, oh, she's just some annoying chick. Discard. That mm-hmm. was like that initial thought. Yeah. And Rebels changed all that for me. And now with Mandalorian and her own show, it's like she is top tier of what Star Wars is right now. Uh, moving on down here for you Disney Plus lovers, uh, increasing their prices to $11 a month. And then they're adding an ad supported version, which you still have to pay for for eight dollars a month. <laughs> what do you think? Um, I get it pre or I get it bundled with my my Verizon plan. I don't think that's changing. So mm. huzzah! Uh, maybe because <laughs> I mean this is does, this is coming okay. right at the end because I had that three years for seven dollars whatever. Um, got it months before Disney Plus dropped. It was like some promo thing, and you can yeah, get it for I remember years. that. Um, I think that's coming to an end and that's why all of this is starting to, so this is a bait and switch, like a hundred percent. What do they need to do? They need to pay more people to make, to what? <laughs> like they're, they're Disney. They're making, they're making their own products. You know, it's like, it's different from Netflix who has to pay for licensing fees and, and, you know, pay actors and production for their own films and stuff specifically for Netflix. There's a big overhead there, you know, like there's a substantial overhead. That's why things come and go on Netflix so so uh, easily is because they only pay for the rights for these films for X amount of months. Uh, there's weird deals and stuff like that. But Disney is just they're taking things from their vault and they're giving them to the people that are paying for the platform. So, uh, so this is I, a little I, bit more on the stingy side, in my opinion. I, I definitely understand where Disney's coming from. I I feel like. I mean, here's the thing. Disney and I feel like HBO Max have been all the only like out of all of the streaming services or services that have been putting out quality content consistently. Netflix did it great for multiple years. Then they just stopped putting out good stuff on their, their platform. Um, and now it's extremely hit and miss. While Disney, yeah. super solid. HBO super solid, so um, that's where I'm at. I'm willing to pay for something like Disney Plus, even if with a pipe, uh, price increase, because it's solid. Yeah, it's just a completely different animal and how they operate and the money they make and where that money goes. Like, they're not comparable. You know, you can't compare it to HBO. You can't compare it to. I mean, you do get some HBO heavy stuff on, or not HBO, uh, some Warner Brothers heavy content on HBO, but there's other things that they pay for. These companies have an overhead. They have something to risk. You know, Disney has nothing to risk. You know, what are we talking about? Like their their production fees for making, you know, uh, the ILM documentary. Like it's all in-house, you know, the, 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 the Star Wars content that they release, you know, like it brings in people uh, to their subscription services. Um, and it's Disney. They don't need to, <laughs> it's Disney for one thing. They got to keep that in mind. Uh, And then for them to bump it up and then kind of slap you in the face with a paid ad version, which is more expensive than the promo version that I paid for for the non-ad version, you know. So 
Um, it's just I don't see the same. I don't see the correlation between overhead and the the necessary increase in in price aside from a legitimate bait and switch. You know, like they literally just reported. I have it here uh, going down the list actually, um, or actually in that same that same note, hitting 152 million subscribers uh, on Disney Plus, I believe, and then 20 no 221 million total including espn plus and hulu so i mean holy <laughs> like that's so much and then for them to be like okay we're at our max we have our our most subscribers now it's time to raise the price you know because if we lose some no big deal it's not about you know making sure that that they can pay you know the the mandalorian team appropriately or or properly fund another, you know, season of Obi-Wan is Disney. It's strictly profits. It's not, so it, there's nothing. I'm, I'm actually looking at an article from May 11th of this year where, um, it specifically says that the Disney plus service is still isn't profit or profitable. And that JPEG confirms that there will be price increases, but didn't have any details at the moment. So now we're getting the details of the price increase. But the profit um, that they're expecting is, okay, so if all of these people paid rental fees for these movies or they went out and bought these movies instead of, of watching them for free, this is the money that we're losing. You know what I mean? Like, unless it's unless it's specifically like production costs for Disney Plus exclusives, um, you know, they're not making that money back because of subscription fees, which, again, I just dropped 152 million subscribers um, is, is pretty beefy, you know? So it's like, we're not talking with, we're not talking about Paramount plus who's like scratching, you know, clawing their way in existence. Uh, you know, and Netflix who's sliding down, you know, now we're talking about Disney where the loss that they're talking about is them taking, uh, you know, little mermaid <laughs> and moving it to their own specific platform not having to pay any type of, of licensing fee or anything, uh, and then giving it to people that are paying a, a monthly subscription on their on their specific service. So it's like, I just think that they're two different animals and that this whole perception of lost value is based around like the greediest type of, you know, opinion. It's like, well, well all these people could be buying the movie instead of just watching it for free. It's like, what? <laughs> no, so dude. Not gonna go buy another copy of, of of Lady and the Tramp, you know, because I want to watch it on the streaming platform. I mean, for them, Disney, it's a it is a pure pro. I mean, they're all about getting their their bottom line, their profit. To operate Disney Plus, to get all of the content for Disney Plus out there, it takes X amount of dollars. Yeah, there's yeah, you're hosting and, and bandwidth fees and all of that shit. Um, then all of the original content, which is do they Star have Wars, Marvel? Do they have a provider? Like I know, like Netflix and some of them even share like the same. It's like their hosting or what have you, like their server space essentially. Um, I I don't know about that, but Disney either, comes off like they would have their own server farm well, <laughs> specifically yeah, for Disney you Plus. You know, uh, it's either an Amazon, AWS thing, mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. it's their own proprietary thing. Either way. There's costs associated with running servers, either rental or just operational. Then there's cost of all the original content they're bringing out. So I, I get why they're putting or bringing the price up 
because they need to match at, at minimum what they're trying to put out for us. And Disney Plus as a service has been making negative dollars for them. It's been a heck of a lot of PR for them, just negative dollars for them. I mean, I just don't, I don't see how that's, how that's possible. You know, if you look at the grand scheme of, of Disney profits, um, the amount of, of attention that their properties bring to everything else that they have, like the parks, you know, like these shows do rekindle and give certain, certain fans hope, you know, like I wasn't too interested in, in star Wars when, when episode, you know, nine was dropping, but after Mandalorian, I want to go to, to, you know, uh, galaxy's edge and I want to consume star Wars again and stuff. So, uh, I mean, they did the three year at $7 as a promotional thing to get people interested and they've been able to get content to, to bring people in consistently. You had a perception of Disney plus when it was announced, you knew what was going to be on it. Oh, you know, like totally. even, even without the new, the new content that they're making specifically for it. Disney Plus was worth getting at the time because of this huge backlog of Disney products. You know, the fact that they trickle some of them out and they release some and they don't do others. And it's very strange. Um, I know certain, certain properties they have that they put up there. They do have to kind of share rights with just because of like when it was made and who produced it and stuff like that. But, um, you know, like, every single Disney animated film from the nineties is worth paying, you know, that $7 a year. Then you got the movies that were already coming out and that people were just like, Oh my God, all these are going to be next to the original cartoons and, you know, all the TV shows. And I, I watch, well, I don't watch it, but, uh, background, you know, just while the, while the baby's playing, have the, uh, like Mickey mouse Funhouse or whatever, playing in the background and stuff like that. Like, it's just the, the, there's so much Disney content having access to it in one single hub made it worth it to begin with. And like, yeah, I know that they're spending money on these original series and stuff, but they're also doing like crazy stuff, you know, like making the volume, uh, and, 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 uh, also, like I said, with these Lego sets and these toys and let's be real where star Wars makes its money, my friend, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Andor is probably not going to be made for kids, but they'll have, they'll have Andor Lego sets and they'll have Andor, you know, toy sets and stuff like that and action figures. So, you know, they're not, I think overall grand scheme of things. I don't think, I don't think star Wars is hurting and, and any of the other Disney properties either. Um, but I could see how to investors, they're just like, yeah, we need to raise the price because it costs this much to do this and we need to make up that difference. But I don't know. It just, it's like I said, it, it's totally understandable. It just feels a little scummy and bait and switchy for me. Uh, moving on prey, <clears throat> the predator prequel, most popular Hulu release of all time. I'm sure you haven't seen it, right? Nope. Have you seen any of the predator films on TV when I was a kid? <laughs> They're all like it? super edited. Probably the second one mostly with, uh, uh New York, I think, was the setting. No, I, I can't remember. I just remember it was a super edited one on TNT. <laughs> yeah, dad, have to be. Like, would just watch on occasion. Yeah. I mean, probably the only ones. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not a huge horror film fan, uh, and I say that in the sense that I do, like, a good number of people that are in the film consider, you know, Predator to be a, you know, he's a, a horror film monster. You know, he's your... Uh, 
no different than Mike Myers or Freddy Cougar or, you know, he's a, he's a, a movie monster. Um, but he's like the coolest movie monster. You know what I mean? So, uh, the first movie was just really good. <clears throat> it's definitely some questionable lines in that movie. <laughs> um, a whole lot of violence, a lot of gore, um, but just a cool all around action film. Second one, I saw a lot on TV growing up. Um, iffy, you know, it was kind of like whatever. Um, then everything after it was horrible. Like Aliens versus Predator was like one of the worst films I ever saw. Um, I remember going to the movie theater for that. And then pretty much every Predator film. And I don't want to say Alien film because you have some really good Alien films that have come out. But Predator became cheap. Kind of like you you know, you know, had it with Jason. With Jason X and Jason, uh, Jason Goes to New York or whatever it is. <laughs> Jason in Manhattan. Um you know, with this particular film, I watched it, you know, you get the, you get your, your idiots out there who are just like, Oh, she's a Mary Sue and she can do anything and blah, 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 blah. And I've watched some reviews after it. And, and it's the, the premise of it is, um, the original predator, they come down, they hunt for sport. Um, they have their trophies, they take their skulls and spinal cords and stuff. And they, they, you know, come back X amount of years and, and they do their thing. Uh, this story, I'm not sure if it was the first one that, that landed, it crash landed. I, I remember seeing there, there was like a crash scene and it's basically this, you know, that era, like, like, uh, you know, you have Far Cry and then you have Far Cry Primal where it's like, you take the concept and you just move it back in time. And it's in 1700s, I believe 17, like 19 or something like that might be wrong. Um, uh, a lot of the imagery with, with, you know, him kind of, um, you know, understanding how this planet works, the hierarchy of, of, uh, predator and prey. And, and, you know, he, you know, he's like fighting animals and stuff because he's just going after whatever's the strongest thing to fight. You know what I mean? He's fighting bears, he's fighting wolves. Um, and then eventually sees humans and what they're doing and the weapons they have. And then he just starts going after humans, uh, because it's the hierarchy of, of, you know, what he's achieving. And then the character is kind of like old school in terms of design has like a skull type faceplate instead of that crazy metal one that you get from the movies. Uh, so the design is, 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 uh, a bit, I don't want to say dated in a bad way, but it's dated for this era. Um, this is pretty much a straightforward deal. They say that the characters are Mary Sue because she just has like an answer for everything, but, um, it's just well established in the film that she's very observant and very smart. Um, she pays attention and she learns fairly quickly and, uh, and she's able to kind of outsmart him, which, I mean, that's what Arnie did in the original film too. You know, he's not going to go toe to toe with the predator. He had to outsmart him and kind of trick him and trap him. Uh, and that's what she does in the film. And, uh, I think it was really good. You know, it's, it's not, it's not like, gory it's just you know you get a little bit of blood you get your you know you get your kills um but it's very just kind of grounded you know it's like this this character has to has to stop this this uh, unknown beast that's that's out there killing other tribe members and animals and stuff like that so uh, i recommend it you know if 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 you're not looking for like a deep story or for any type of you know uh, explanation, uh, I guess any further past when they kind of landed, uh, then it's a good watch. So I do recommend it. Um, what do we got here? Oh yeah. New evidence reveals when Hulk movie rights could return to Disney. I forget what it was like March of 2023. Now 
I mean, I don't know if you know this, but Universal owns the rights to The Incredible Hulk. Did you know that? I did. That's why the original Ed Norton one was uh, a Universal uh, production, um, which they didn't do a bad job, in my opinion. But, uh, you know, what do you think? What do you, like, I, where are we at with the Hulk? <laughs> Can you, is it even worth bringing a Hulk movie now? Um, I mean, I feel like he, Mark Ruffalo has been around, he mean, for such a long time in the MCU that, because he's been around since the first Avengers, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I just don't see how, like, somewhere in his contract, there's a stipulation that if he's still doing MCU stuff in 2023, that there's not, like, an opportunity for a movie or something. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I might I'd be... I'd be really disappointed if, like, they just say She-Hulk is his, his swan song or something stupid like that, and we don't see Hulk I mean, that they, much after that. I mean, I mean they, they lamified the character, dude. Like, that is no longer the Avengers Hulk. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and he's the, gone. What I would really like is to have something traumatic happen to him where he, like, the original Hulk comes back and there's the true separation between Bruce Banner and Hulk. Yeah. I, I think that'd be fun, but like, obviously Bruce would have more understanding of how to control himself, but having that separation, because I, I feel like Bruce puts on too much of, oh, we don't want to hurt things. We don't want to, yeah. we don't want to smash or anything like that. That's what when, people wanted. Like, oh, that's the it was like you, you, apes you, slamming tables and, and walls when when he first started smashing the aliens and Avengers. Like people yeah. were just like like stomping their feet and just like clapping. It's like that's what they want to see. They want to see him oh, yeah. flying around destroying shit. <laughs> that's what he's but, there like, for. I, I I was very uh, when Ragnarok came out. I was very I was hopeful like that we would just see you know that Hulk. Yeah. Continue and I'm fine with Hulk. <laughs> I'm fine with that level of communication from Hulk, Ragnarok. However, oh, yeah. I do consider Ragnarok to be a wasted opportunity um, because it was a culmination of different stories and it would feel cheap if they were to go and do Planet Hulk. And I think I discussed Planet Hulk a little bit, um, but you have the Illuminati. The Illuminati are, are a group of characters, including um, Doctor Strange. Uh, and Robert Downey, well, not Robert, um, uh, Iron Man, Professor X, Reed Richards, I forget. There's a number of them, but in the comic books, at one point, they do they do decide to shoot Hulk off into space because <laughs> he's just too dangerous and he's too uncontrollable. Um, and then he lands, crash lands on a planet where he then kind of goes, takes over the planet, uh, reproduces, makes a big family. And then returns to Earth, where you have, uh, you know, him just basically going after everybody in revenge. And he's just like a force to be reckoned with. Um, insane levels of, of power. Um, but they can't really do that. I think that would have been an interesting, interesting path to take where, he, you know, Hulk becomes uh, somewhat of a villain at some point. You know what I mean? Then you can bring in the Thunderbolts. You know, Red Hulk be... Uh, you know, uh, a protagonist this time, or not this time, but you know what I mean, what you would expect, and um, and kind of go from there. But they've really just 
they just made him a sissy, dude. Like, he sucks yeah. as a character now. I don't want to see anything about him. Hulk was the coolest parts of, like, Avengers and pretty much all of those films when he got down, you know what I mean? But now it's but, like, I don't exactly. care, you know? The whole in-game scene where he just couldn't even muster up the, the, the will to smash some things, like, it just... It blatantly told you that that character no longer exists, and I just I don't want to see a movie of that character. I don't think it's it's worth, especially with them releasing She Hulk now. Yeah, it, was, and, it would feel wasted. And and that's why, like, if if they were to make a Hulk movie, there needs to be something traumatic to happen to to the character, so we get Primal Hulk again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that would be the only scenario in which I want a movie. Well, I mean, with Thor too, you're getting a good layout. Uh, I mean, they're they're not per canon, but you know, um, you know, you're getting some decent representation of the different types of Thors that you've had in the comic series. With Hulk, it's the same thing, right? Like there are like World Breaker Hulk, and um, I kind of drawing a blank, but you have all these uh, like amazing storylines with Hulk in particular. But uh, I just personally find it hard to believe that they would be able to pull anything from the character that is there now you know i mean like you said they can have that dramatic separation but you know it's like eh. i guess they're, they're they play ball pretty well with allowing them to use the character but uh, in terms of like making movies it's not something they've 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 planned on doing i mean it might be a marvel thing too to be honest they have their movie and it's just too much of a headache to deal with otherwise you know what i mean so yep uh, but moving on here, Carl Urban recently told GQ that he would play Judge Dredd again uh, if he could. I certainly would be interested to revisit the character. There's such a great depth of material there. Um, I really like Judge Dredd, the film, or Dredd, the film. It doesn't seem like a movie that you would have partaked in. Nope. Yeah. Um, it's a very video game premise in that movie. Um, have you seen the original with Stallone? On TNT. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I, me too. I think actually, I don't think I ever rented it, but um, uh, I, I've seen so many movies, and like, if you were to say a name to me, I'd probably not be able to tell you. <laughs> but I can, I if I started seeing it, I'd be like, oh yeah, I was in front of the TV playing with Legos while my dad was watching it. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's the type of like like that. That was my childhood. Well, Judge Dredd is a comic book, and um, the original movie was pretty like hokey and it's your typical like eighties, nineties type of action film. Um, this one, Carl Urban plays the character. You never really see judge Dredd's face. Uh, he is the law, uh, judge, jury and executioner. Uh, they basically just try people on the spot. Essentially it takes place in like, kind of like a slummy future, overpopulated small city that's kind of like not small city but it's a city that's kind of blocked off from the harsh environments outside uh, and then you have the dread uh, or you have the the judges who basically keep everybody in check and they're like super trained super just on point by the book you know like literally by the book as if they were a judge the premise of the film is um narcotics being shipped in town you know it's it's a it's an epidemic um you have a new recruit who is um, psychic. She has psychic abilities. Um, Dredd doesn't care for, for the, the mutants, I guess they refer to them as, or, or I think he calls them freaks, but um, basically like another tier of, of human that has a certain level of psychic abilities. Je uh, Dredd's training this, uh, this, this new recruit and 
no matter the situation, no matter how absolutely absurd and crazy violent the situation is, he's still running it like a training mission. You know what I mean? So he's like, what do we do in this situation? Well, there's a, a volley of, of, of gunfire coming in and blowing out parts of the wall. You know, he's sitting there casually like, you know, well, how are you going to, how are you going to handle the situation? What's the, what's the protocol? Um, but goes into this building where there's murder. Um, Mama, who's like the main bad, bad guy is at the top of the uh, top of the tower. There's X amount of floors. Dread. They get locked in. They got to work their way up the tower, get to the top and defeat the boss. So they defeat the boss. They're no longer trapped inside the building and they're free to leave. Like that's essentially the premise of the film. And that's all it needed to be super, super good. Um, I don't think there's great depth of material there, like uh, Carl Urban said, but I do feel that it's like a super sick, uh, you know, Robo-esque, Robocop-esque type uh, world grunginess and stuff like that. So uh, if you like if you like that, that type of gameplay, you know what I mean, where it would be like, you know, you're working your way up levels and they progressively get harder enemies and then you're, you're going for the final boss. Um, with that in mind, watching that film, it's actually pretty neat. It's a good, it's a good watch. So, uh, that is all I have. Um, let me go ahead and scroll through here. Actually, let me I got, ask. I got one more thing okay. real quick. What do you got? So, uh, the little Groot shorts came out this week as well. I was going to mention that. Yeah. Yep. They're, they're really fun. They're all about five minutes, just little itty bitty things. Mm-hmm. But there's one where Groot is on the pot reading an everybody poops book in Cree. <laughs> Oh, and on the cover is Thanos. <laughs> oh my god! So, even Thanos poops. Even Thanos it's canon. Canon. Yeah, poops. It, 100% poops, canon. Yeah. yeah, you know. Yep. Uh, one thing that I I I ran across. Um, I'll try to put a link, but somebody was 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 they had a review and they were talking about um, Black Adam. Um, and they were kind of going after Dwayne Johnson and and. You know, he's claimed that the Black Adam project is a passion project for him. It's very close to his heart and all this stuff. Um, you know, and he looks the character to a certain extent. However, <clears throat> if you pay attention to the footage that you get from the trailers, there's not a single bit of effort put forth in making Rock look like Black Adam. Like at all. Uh, it's just him in the suit. It's like, if you want to consider the suit, Yeah. Um, but Black Adam typically has pointed ears. He has pointed ears. Um, he has sharp eyebrows, very definitive eyebrows. Uh, he has a, um, like a widow's peak hairline, very sharp, almost like vampire-esque, uh, type hairline. And also speaks with a thick Egyptian accent because he is Egyptian. Um, however, if you watch the footage, it is literally just the rock in a Black Adam suit with no attempts at any type of makeup or anything like that, uh, speaking in an American accent. What do you think? I mean, there's no way The Rock can do any type of other accent. True, but would would Spock be Spock? Would you easily would you be able to determine who Spock is if he didn't have his eyebrows and his ears? No. So you, you, you need the pointy ears and the <laughs> yes. eyebrows for Spock. The same thing for this character. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's very distinct features but, for that character. And the, and and the I mean, hairline specifically, Rock didn't want to put a wig on, essentially. In this. And, and <laughs> that's fine. But if he's not going to do that, you got to get the pointy ears. You got to get 
eyebrows. Yeah. Well, I mean, there is no there is no representation of the character where he doesn't have that hair. Uh, and that's my thing is like, it's not like, oh, well, in this fringe comic from 2013, there's an, uh, a center panel where, you know, you see Black Adam in a picture and he's bald, you know, and it's like, OK, well, <laughs> well, you know, they don't even have that for this. Uh, it is strictly just rock. There's no effort in making him look anything like Black Adam. Rock just thinks he looks like Black Adam and that's good enough. You know what I mean? So um not a fan personally. I think that's that's also been something that's been irking me personally when I see this. And it's like, yeah, whatever. I hate that scaly design that Warner Brothers does on every single suit that they do. Um, but it looks fine. And he's huge. And so is Black Adam. But once you get up past the, the collar, it's literally just the rock. It's literally yep. just the rock. You know what I mean? So... Uh, you know, I, I thought that was fun. I retweeted that uh, just because, you know, it did kind of irk me a little bit. Yeah. Um, I, I did see in an article, um, speaking of Warner Brothers stuff, that beyond Shazam 2 and Black Adam, that the only uh, other truly green, greenlit film in production for DC is Joker 2. Speaking of which, Joker 2 will reportedly have a $150 million budget to produce due to increased wages and complicated musical sequences. Uh, And I wrote this. (coughs) This is not news. Um, I guess maybe to you, but uh, Joker 2 is rumored to be a musical. (laughs) Um, Lady Gaga is playing uh, Harley Quinn. That's confirmed. And... The original budget for the film, which had a gritty, realistic feel, which was very indicative of that film. I mean, I'm fine with Lady Gaga playing that part. I, I feel uh, like she's going to... Especially after, uh, after um, What's-Her-Face. Like, uh, way too good. Even though the movie sucked, like, it was perfect casting. Um, yeah, I know, you know who you're talking about. I mean, I'm fine with her playing the part. I like... I'm, I, I, I just don't more care. In, yeah, I just yeah. Don't care, so. I'm more indifferent <laughs> about it. I should say. Yeah. I'm but here for the for the train wreck. I'll watch. If it's a musical and they're spending 150 million dollars for a musical, I mean, that's yeah. not what people are gonna want after what we saw in the first Joker that's, film. Yeah, that's what I wrote. I put uh, this is my tweet when I retweeted it. Okay, so let's step step back for a second. The low budget greediness is what made the first one work so well uh, with the source material. Now, this is rumored to be a musical and with triple the budget. This will not be the Joker that fans are looking for. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you're talking about where he's probably going to be sitting there like all like, you know, dozed out or whatever. And then just she breaks into song and then he gets up and starts singing with her and then they start dancing and then it's all in his head. You know, it's going to be shit like that, but it's going to be so weird. Uh, and I also think that that changing that budget is going to be is going to be pretty detrimental to the vibe uh, that you get from the film. So, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I would understand if like they raise it twenty five million dollars to like account for wage changes and everything like that. But I mean, that's, like you said, it's triple. Like that's yeah. substantial. It's going to be dumped into a lot of things that I think are going to detract from. You know, this is how Warner Brothers works. You know, they they throw a line out, um, they see what you know what gets nibbles, and then they just yank. You know, they yank on it. They hope that they catch a fish. 
they don't wait for it to, for the bait to be taken. You know, it's like Marvel, for example. You could argue that Phase Four is is overly progressive, a lot a lot more preachy, uh, a little bit less precise, a little bit more haphazard in terms of how they're handling uh, directorial choices and actors and things like that. Uh, you can make that argument, um, but it's like it is over time. You know what I mean? Like they're reeling in people now you know it's like they got the people that that they were going to make their money off of now they need to hook the rest um warner brothers always seems like it's like here's five different batman whichever one you like we're going to take it and we're going to triple the budget and we're going to pump in everything that we want to put in it you know what i mean so it's like these actors or these directors have the opportunity to make what they want but as soon as they make something that that people like we're going to take it which is it's like you know they got away with it with nolan for a few films because he was so posh that he just made demands uh, and since he refused to come back they went and just you know they went and, and found another director that they can kind of push around and stuff like that so um i don't know i'm just i'm just worried that that this movie is gonna suck but at the same time like i said i don't really care so whatever yeah. the first one's watchable it's not rewatchable. Uh, some people would beg to differ, but I don't know. It just it makes my throat hurt when I watch him coughing like that uh, or choking on his laughter. Yep. Uh, another little bit of news in here. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima movie uh, could be entirely spoken in Japanese with a Japanese cast, according to director Chad Stalowski, Stalski, uh, who told Collider that Sony is on board for those plans, which I, mean, I don't know if you've seen Ghost of Tsushima. Gorgeous. The video game? Yeah, super gorgeous game. But yeah, I thought I found that interesting because I didn't know they were making a movie to begin with. And if they make it with, uh, you know, in a Japanese setting with Japanese actors and, you know, make us make us Westerners read for a change, I'm all for that. Uh, I have no problems with that. Um, giant freaking robot on Twitter. Proven sources, hundreds of confirmed, is this person's description. Um, leaked out a bit of news, uh, a little bit of speculation. Tweet states, Dwayne Johnson is going to be made an official advisor, quote, to the new vision of DC comic book adaptations and will be heavily involved in helping guide its future. Why? <laughs> Why? Like, I... I can't even comprehend why Dwayne Johnson would be on the list, you know, of, of people to determine where DC goes, you know, like it's, there's a lot of decisions that WB makes that I just, I've never, I've never gotten on board with and I don't know why they keep doing it, but they keep doing it. So yeah. uh, we'll see. I want some, some comic book nerds. I want some Dave Filoni's thrown in there. Uh, you know, I want a, a, a Kevin Fahey. I mean, like I said, you give, Jim Lee just might not be up for it. He might not be up for being put in the crosshairs. Uh, but Jim Lee is like who you want in charge of all that. You know, if you really want a Dave Filoni to be in charge of, of DC, it would be Jim Lee, like 100%. Um, there's other artists and stuff and writers and stuff over the years that you could argue would be good too. But you really need somebody that's been involved with DC writing the comics to be involved, you know, so that they can be like, okay, so these, this is what was received really well in the comics. Uh, it has a lot of fans. Uh, and if we're going to use this, you know, we can get a little wiggle room, but here are the key things that made these runs popular and what people will want to see. 
and then go and do it. You know what I mean? Right now, like I stated last week, it's like they're just throwing dart board, you know, darts at a dartboard, and you know, if they hit the board, then so be it. Um, so I don't know. I I I don't know why they would want to include Dwayne in there unless he is a a, a super secret DC comic book nerd, like and knows every single thing, which for some reason I highly doubt. Unless he's willing to put up a lot of money just to 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 have that position, you know. Yeah. Um, but going back, I, I feel like ideally reboot the whole thing with a brand new Batman, brand new Superman, brand new Flash, brand new everyone, and get a Justice League series going. They, that I feel like that's what they have to do. Yeah, I just think also you'd always have like a reset period when they had to do stuff like that. You know, it's like from from uh, the Dark Knight Rises to. Uh, what was the first one? Um, the Snyderverse, you know, there were a good chunk of years, not like a lot, but, you know, like three or four years where people could get it out of their mind uh, and they started wanting it a little bit more. But they won't do that because you got to keep the wheels rolling and the train moving, you know. And Well, and I, I, I get that. And I, I, I understand that they're, they're I mean, be, between now, what they're planning now, and when that stuff is going to come out, it's going to be about three years between yeah. writing the movies, producing and editing I mean, the movies. Then to release is about three years. They're playing on it though. You still got the DCEU being played with. You got Shazam, you got Black Adam, you and, got now Hawkman being in, in, introduced. Who's part of the justice league JLA. You got, um, you know, Dr. Fate. Uh, you got characters that are being introduced while your main characters are being backburned and then, you know, no real true direction. So like, well, yeah, I agree with you where they need to, they need to wipe clean and start fresh. Uh, my personal recommendation is put some, some comic book nerds in those, those higher up positions exactly. to overwatch and make sure that these, these directors don't get, get too sassy. You know what I mean? Cause yep. directors are very, um, you know, narcissistic in their vision, you know, they're artists. Uh, and you know, I consider myself an artist as well, but I also understand that saying that <laughs> and portraying that is, is, is annoying, you know, and, and it's never really as good as you make it seem when you start saying stuff like that, you know what I mean? So, yeah. um, they need, they need that oversight. So, uh, we're going to go ahead and finish it here. We had, I had some other ones on there, but you know, it, they're all small stories and we could talk way too long about each of them, but, uh, anything else you want to throw in there? No, I mean, I, I've talked about the few things that, um, I saw over the week and I mean, it's going to be fun. Yeah. I mean, we'll see, uh, what is in store for next week? I'm not sure. Um, I know you and I both have kind of conflicting schedules we may skip it we may see if we can squeeze in an hour recording earlier in the week or maybe we'll release later or whatever uh so this may be the first hiccup that we have in our, our streaming schedule but uh, we shall see we'll discuss um but i'm gonna do my my little uh close out here the plug uh, for anybody that's interested we do have our social media over at nerd chatter show on twitter instagram twitch facebook uh, you know, and like I said, I've been streaming on Twitch. Going to do a little bit of that today uh, as well. Uh, you can also find any of our uh, podcast episodes on any of the podcast platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, uh, and pretty much anything else. I think Stitcher's on there. Um, 
if you're interested in becoming part of our community, we do have a Discord where we share links and videos and trailers and news and links to games and things like that. So you want to hit the link down below, you can come join us there. If you're listening on our uh, podcast platforms, you can head on over to nerdchatter.com for any of the links. Uh, you can head on over to our YouTube channel for more specific links for the episode if you're interested. Um, and yeah, for anybody that's interested in our Patreon, we do have some Patreon-specific content for our supporters over there. Uh, extra segments, some advanced releases, uh, you know, confirmations on some like run of shows and things like that, what we're going to be talking about and all that good stuff. So plenty of ways to get involved. Want to go ahead and check those out. Feel free. Garrett, another week down, my friend. I appreciate it. Of course. Thank you. And, um, you know, like I said, we'll discuss on how our schedules will be for next week. And, you know, if we miss it, we miss it. No biggie. We'll follow up with the uh, the following week after that maybe it's a dead week and we won't need to do it you know watch now that you said it, it's gonna be completely <laughs> hectic you'll be recording it on like cell phones and terrible quality all stitched together and shit yeah, yeah from hotels you know whatever yeah. <laughs> yeah so all right we'll call it there uh again appreciate you stopping by listening to the show hit that subscribe button hit that follow button and all that good stuff you guys take it easy